Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 33. 33, I can't believe it. It's uh, Time is flying by really quickly. We're already in July at the time of this recording, July 8th. Uh, well into the summer now. Got the sunshine to my right. Beautiful day here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. So cannot complain, cannot complain. And I've got a very special guest with me today as well on the episode. Uh, I have the gentleman named Yaro here. Yaro, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having us. No, no worries. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. Um, Yaro is uh, one of the founders of Invito Coffee. But uh, before I dive into it, I'm going to start off by uh, what's been a tradition now here on the episodes. Um, Yaro, uh, who are you today? Well, I'm one of the founders, as you mentioned, uh, along with my wife, uh, of Invito Coffee. So we are a zero-waste and plastic-free coffee company featuring our coffee from our family farm in Costa Rica. We bring all our coffee uh, green, roasted here in Vancouver. And the main part of our company is that we're a plastic-free company, so all of our packaging is 100% compostable. Like it. I like that a lot. And obviously coffee, I like it. I'm sure a lot of our listeners love it. Um, you know, I'm a more of a afternoon coffee guy. I don't know if you like yours in the morning. Is that, is that your, I your style? I usually go in the morning, but sometimes I have one in the afternoon. Yeah. Just depending on how the day goes, I guess. Eh? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> if you need a little bit of a pick me up in the afternoon, or if I've had too much coffee, I'll have a bit of a decaf, but yeah, that's also. That's awesome. And, and I really like, and one of the things that, uh, kind of intrigued me as well, um, for kind of reaching out to you through Instagram was the zero waste component about it. And, and obviously uh, the main focus of this podcast and of the beneath Vancouver brand in general is to give a platform and, and to highlight local companies as yourself that are doing uh, unique things and good things for the community. And in this case also for the environment. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit more about kind of how this whole idea started and um you know, maybe was it spanning from a love for coffee? Did you want to always start a business? Kind of maybe give us a little bit more of insight and your thoughts on, on how Invito Coffee came to be. Sure. Yeah. So we've had the farm in the family for four years now. And so I got kind of, that's where my coffee education really started mm -hmm. and uh, developed from there. And as I got more and more into the technical details and the science of growing coffee, because we are a coffee farm so there's a lot of technology that goes into it um, as I started learning more and more uh, we realized there's uh, more to it than you would think just farming coffee so we yeah. have taken this time to kind of bring the farm and the coffee quality up to North American standards that we finally feel comfortable introducing it to the Canadian and North American market and that's uh, where we uh, finally got all the logistics figured out and we're able to launch this spring right in the middle of COVID. <laughs> yeah, that was going to be my follow-up question. How was, the, <laughs> how was the, uh, the, the launch in general? Like obviously small businesses were, were drastically affected with what's going on. And well, I was yeah, going to say with so, what happened, but what's still going on with COVID. Um, well, for us, yeah, it was a quick moment of how do we grow and how do we pivot as we are literally launching and introducing our brand to people and <laughs> having our coffee or tasting our coffee when everyone's sitting at home, how do we reach people? Mm -hmm. Everyone's uh, not out and about doing their regular routine. So right away we launched into free home deliveries and uh, we're still doing that in the lower mainland. 
and people are sitting at home, but they still need to drink coffee. So that is the initial launch that we did uh, right off the bat, trying to get our coffee out there. Definitely. And um, I know that you mentioned uh, at the beginning as well, uh, how you did like a pivot and everything. How has, I think, social media, because I think right now social media has obviously seen a higher consumption rate. Um, Obviously, people are Mm -hmm. home. People are on their phones more, on their computers more, et cetera. Uh, how did you kind of tackle that approach knowing that there might be a little bit more eyes, not so much outside where, you know, there, as you mentioned, I think off, mm-hmm. off, off the record or off before we started recording how the farmer's market was a way of, of your marketing as well and getting the word out. How have you kind of used social media uh, specifically in terms of yes yeah, so sure. social media is huge like like you mentioned everyone's sitting on their phones and is browsing the web and is looking they're looking to get what they're missing while they're sitting at home so they want their mm-hmm. coffee deliveries they want their natural products and their produce so essentially we launched with that approach in mind using influencers so we we're doing mm-hmm quite a few giveaways just to get natural growth and getting mainly word of mouth exposure. And then as you mentioned, the second phase of our growth plan was doing the farmer's markets. They were a little bit delayed because of COVID, but once they launched, then we were uh, doing that every weekend. We still are, and we're going to be doing that for the, uh, for the whole year into the winter season as well. Mm -hmm. Um, As we, how we pivot in the fall, we're still determining that whether we're going to find a retail location or not. We are currently in several boutique stores, so our beans are selling quite well. But now it's uh, kind of how do we get into more homes with our coffee? Gotcha. Yeah, and I think in general, for a lot of businesses, um, you know, even prior to COVID, social media has always been, well, has always been an important part, at least in my Mm -hmm. opinion, in terms of building a brand, especially in today's day and age, Um, whether it's a small business or, you know, a a high end level corporation, uh, social media is, you know, is here and is here to stay for a while. So, so seeing how people have been utilizing it, especially now in COVID times is there's maybe a little bit more of a saturation in terms of the content. Uh, So it's always nice to hear that that you're utilizing different things because I know it's not easy, right? You're 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 no exactly a a, a small team, right? It's it's yourself and another individual, or if anyone else is part of the team, regardless of it, it's like you're doing with you're doing the marketing, you're doing obviously the the sponsorships and the anything (laughs) external relations related. You're communicating with people. You're taking time to be on a podcast, right? Most definitely, yeah. But the advantage again of social media is you can pinpoint. And find the people that you want to speak to. Mm-hmm. And that is part of kind of our sus- sustainability aspect. Because we're a zero-waste coffee company, uh, there's people that are searching for that. And so yeah. for us, we can find the right hashtags. We can uh, partner with the right influencers to be able to reach uh, those people and talk to them directly because we're one of the few Uh, zero waste coffee companies in Canada. So there's not a lot to choose from. And people, especially in Vancouver with our ecosystem and our nature, uh, they want that. And so we build a company right from the ground up with that sustainability aspect in mind. And especially as our coffee is coming directly from Costa Rica, Costa Rica is 93% sustainable. Uh, 
mainly on hydro and they were going to be a carbon neutral company or a country uh, this year or the next. I'm not sure how that will change now with COVID, uh, but they're, they always have sustainability in mind. So we wanted to honor the beans and honor the heritage of where our coffee is coming from and launch our company with that mindset right from the start. I like that. And I think that's really speaks to the message that you're trying to put across, right? And, and regardless of, you know, where the bean may, or the beans or the roast or the coffee, wherever it may end up at the end of the day, it's still showcasing the, its roots, right? The, the, mm-hmm. the roots from Costa Rica and the message that comes along with, with that brand. And I think that's how you also build, um, you know, customer loyalty and customer awareness of, you know, they recognize the logo, yes, they recognize because- the name. Coffee, I mean, Vancouver is a coffee mecca. Yeah. There's a lot. (laughs) It's like the New York of coffee. Yeah. There's a lot of roasters. There's a lot of coffee lovers and and everyone's particular. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to change people's minds once they fall in love with a particular coffee or a roaster. And so we wanted to tell our story because we're not just a coffee roaster. The coffee is coming directly from our farm. Uh, to your cup. So there's no middlemen. I control the full, well, me and my wife, and then we have a few <laughs> other family members involved uh, on the more day-to-day operation of the farm. Mm-hmm. So, But there's very few people in the middle between us. So it is still a family-run business and quality control, we have full access to that. So that is another big advantage of buying direct trade. And that's why it's such a big push with more roasters. They want to go direct Mm -hmm. and we are as direct as you can get. Yeah. No. Yeah. And for me, I think it's only speaking personally. And and as you you touched upon a little bit briefly, how everyone's a little bit different when it comes to uh, you know, the specific type of coffee and, you know, for me, I'll, I'll admit it, I'm not a big Starbucks guy, but I'm also a huge lover of McDonald's coffee. And I know that's probably not the best thing out there, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, and, and I think bringing the awareness as well um, mm-hmm. of, of obviously not just being a, a zero waste company, but also letting other people know like the habits or the things that they can change in their day to day, which obviously coffee is a big part of. Um, on how they can improve uh, the, I guess, coffee sphere, so to speak, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, buying directly from, as you mentioned, direct trade or, or buying with sustainability in mind, et cetera. So, um, yeah, and there's no like, ev- everyone thinks there's like a right way to enjoy coffee or the perfect brew or, mm-hmm. and of course, certain things you want to like fine tune your craft so you can get better and better at it. But at the end of the day, it's what you like. It's what you enjoy drinking. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're going to support. If if a company has the fundamentals that you believe at your core, then that's going to make that coffee taste even better because you're not only supporting what you believe in, but you're enjoying a good cup of coffee. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And um, I wanted to kind of pivot the conversation into more of the zero waste aspect of it. I know we touched upon it now just here mm-hmm. at the beginning, but um, if I were an individual, uh, have no idea, no, no previous knowledge of, of coffee or, or, or of your company in specific, if I were to come up to you and ask you, hey, Yaro, how is your company zero waste? What would that kind of answer be for maybe the listeners who are not so much involved in this space? Essentially, zero waste is not being 
purely you're not generating like a single piece of garbage because that mm. in our day and age that's not possible because this movement is quite new and recent and even coffee packaging is still growing and evolving and there's no perfect coffee bag and so what it really means is with every decision you make you're making it towards that sustainability in mind so when we started with our packaging we were sourcing compostable packaging we didn't want to go biodegradable because in some aspects that is actually worse mm. and so every decision we make from our cups to our packaging to how we import after the roasting really we put very little into the landfill and that is kind of our sustainability goals and as the technology catches up with our vision uh, the easier it will be and the more companies can join this as well because the packaging is quite expensive it's typically three times the cost of a standard uh, plastic coffee bag but as a company we wanted to take on that challenge without passing the costs down to the consumer because it's the companies that drive change and not the individual consumers. And so we felt that as a company, and especially as we grow and we get bigger, we wanted to build that as a fundamental uh, part of our ethos. Yeah, no, great answer. And that's, that's I think, uh, all, an aspect of, you know, production and, and it doesn't even have, just have to be coffee, but other, you know, industries mm -hmm. as yeah. well, where uh, companies can start thinking a little bit more and we've seen it already kind of happening. And, and I feel maybe in the last two, maybe three years, this kind of shift of, you know, thinking more environmentally and, and thinking more sustainable as, as we saw, you know, plastic straws are going away, plastic yes. pencils, um, compostable cups, etc. So, the movements there um obviously there's still a very long way to go in terms mm -hmm. of you know being able to to kind of develop a you know similar zero waste aspect for for all the other companies but uh, i think it's it's good to see that even at a local level where where um you know technically you can cut your corners even as well you're still maintaining you know true to to what you what you believe in right and to to what you want to spread out there in the yeah and like you mentioned like the education piece some people are becoming informed while mm -hmm, others mm -hmm. it's not even on their radar. So for us, it was important, especially with the compostable aspect of it, that if someone does throw it in the landfill, it is still going to naturally com uh, compost over time. It might take a little bit longer than a traditional composting facility or the perfect environment conditions for the microbes to eat all that paper. So it might take a year to a year and a half but it's not going to take the 50 to 100 years that you would with a plastic uh, bag. So that was our reasoning that even if it doesn't get composted or recycled correctly, it is still better for the environment than what everyone is currently using. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, let's kind of turn the tables again a little bit more in terms mm -hmm. of... I'm looking at your Instagram right now and I see that you just recently got into Lee's market. So again, congratulations yeah. on that. Thank you. Um, I was kind of curious as to how, how your, um, I guess challenges has been or, or what challenges have risen, I should say, when kind of dealing with what's going on in the world with COVID when it comes to, you know, spreading your, your products to different areas and, and kind of reaching out to other people. Have you, has there been more, 
hesitancy from you know a potential uh, bouquet bouquet or or boutique sorry or market or has it still been kind of uh, something that's a, a learning progress when it comes to yeah, the no, outreach. The businesses are still hesitant. Uh, we're kind of just initial or entering the initial phases of recovery. And so it, a, a lot of the businesses are still sh- shell shocked a little bit. They're not mm-hmm. quite sure how the future is going to look like. They're scared to take on new products, even with a sustainable uh, kind of approach. And so that has been the challenge also with being a new company, our costs are much higher than if we were bigger and then economies of scale would uh, come into play. So for us, it's a bit of a balancing kind of act where we are trying to cut our costs while still maintaining our, our sustainability. And there are businesses that see that. So re- those are the ones that we're trying to find that know that this is something consumers want and they're ready to take the risk versus others are just completely closed and they're like, well, we're not sure how to, how we're going to move from here. So when I approach retailers, if it's hard to sell the store, then I know that our product might not do well because then the customers might not uh, be able to get sold on that too. Yeah. And, um, in terms of again bringing it back to the whole i think you know wearing many hats i think you're the one who mentioned that how has that been especially for you um where you have to do you know this part of the business that part of the business that other side of the business mm-hmm. how's the balance aspect been for you so far with you and i'm assuming also your wife and the other members who are involved yeah it's it's challenging so my background is uh, i'm a pilot i'm an airline pilot so mm-hmm. Before, prior to COVID, I was building the company on the side, so it was growing uh, a lot slower. But now, with the airlines kind of coming to a screeching halt, yeah. I've <laughs> dedicated a hundred percent of my time to growing Invito Coffee, and so that was that has kind of helped me prioritize certain things and propel the company a lot faster. But now I'm also taking a lot more uh, in terms of responsibility and expanding quicker and doing farmers markets and finding retailers and roasting coffee. And so as an entrepreneur, you kind of have to figure that balance out. Of, uh, I'm very lucky to have a very supportive wife and a helpful family. So my parents help with the babysitting and my wife also works full time. So it really helps having a good team behind you. And that's kind of helping us grow and succeed and reach more people. Uh, and like I'm saying in the fall, we'll see how we evolve and pivot in the, in the future when I do go back to work and start flying again, how we adapt to that change. But for now, I'm just excited uh, that people are um, well welcoming us. Like Vancouver is my hometown. So it's uh, super re- rewarding being able to offer our coffee in the city that I grew up in. And so that part is very rewarding and it's kind of keeping the fuel alive and keeping <laughs> pushing forward because we are getting very good feedback. Everyone that has tried our coffee really loves it. And so that kind of gives us the reassurance that yes, there is a market for us. And especially 
once COVID kind of passes, I think we can really pick up steam and reach more people and actually become like that. And it's good to hear that you saw a little positive out of that situation, obviously with, with your, with your original work, um, um, obviously being an airline pilot that came to a halt, as you mentioned, but you're able to pivot into, um, into a different kind of branch, right. And, and to kind of see, okay, mm-hmm. now I have more time and maybe focus on, on growing this. And, and as you, it's good to hear as well that you've gotten good feedback and that it's growing um, locally as well. And people are enjoying it. I think those are all good indicators that you're obviously onto the right thing and that you're, you're on the right path, so to speak. So I'm happy to hear about that. Cause I think for, for a lot of entrepreneurs, as you mentioned, it's always hard, the hardest thing or one of the hardest things is finding that kind of balance, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's you're working yes. a nine to five or you're a student um, or you're a student and working. So um, yeah, exactly. there's a lot of aspects in life and obviously you want to try to balance as much as you can, but you know, it, it comes Sometimes it comes with a little bit of difficulty and sacrifices. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm happy to hear that that's going in the right direction. Um, one of the things that struck me about the coffee industry, and maybe you can shed some, inlight, uh, some insight, I should say, about this, is really the intricacy that it comes with it all. And um, one, of, one of my friends who owns a, a, a coffee shop here in Richmond, where I'm from, um, he actually taught me a little bit more about coffee and you know the whole the whole, not the whole nine yards, but, you know, kind of 75% mm-hmm. of it for you as an individual who obviously has, you know, a lot of background in coffee and everything. Um, when you started this business and you kind of touched upon it about it when it comes to the education, but um, what was the one message that you really wanted to kind of drive across you know, when someone picks up your, or looks at your, that your packaging or your product in a coffee uh, at a store or a market or whatever, what is, what is your hope or aspirations that people's first reaction is going to be when they see that product? Flavor, tropical kind of vibrance. <laughs> I, I like the, the logo, ri- by the way, I'm going to just chime in there a lot. Thank you. Yeah. Maybe I'll touch kind of answer. Yeah. yeah go for that. Let's go into of, that right now. A bit of the logo because Costa Rica is a very vibrant, energetic, and kind of beautiful place. So mm-hmm. our logo stemmed from wanting to bring a little bit of that uh, ecosystem, some of the animals, and the design is based on watercolor. Mm. And so the designs are drawn to represent the ecology of Costa Rica. So not only are you drinking and tasting the coffee from Costa Rica, but you can also kind of visualize yourself being there. And so that kind of all plays and ties into t- together where you're seeing the package, the colors of the label kind of jump out at you. You see the sustainability logo and that the packaging is fully compostable. Then when you go home, you open that bag, uh, especially with our medium roast. It's very floral. Yeah. So as soon as you open the bag, you get that rush of floral notes as you brew the coffee on the palate, you get a lot of citrus. Mm. And so that is kind of the whole experience we want someone to experience uh, when they try our coffee. And in terms of the, um, the bird itself, I want to say toucan. Is it? A, it is. A toucan. It is. Yeah. It is. It is. Okay. Yes, okay. Yeah, got to Got to be a little more confident when it comes to my, my bird knowledge. <laughs> okay. It is a toucan. Okay. Sounds good. And um, back to kind of going back, Obviously, you said flavor uh, is something that you, you want people to kind of think about when, when they pick up their, your coffee or try your coffee. Um, when it comes to the overall experience this far, you know, building the business and trying to grow it, especially in these unprecedented times, what's been kind of the, one of the biggest challenges that you feel so far 
um, that you're either come across or that you've actually conquered um, when it comes to, to continue to building the, the business? Yeah, for on the business side, it's really the costs. Like being a sustainable company isn't cheap and only because it's brand new technology and uh, especially with the coffee packaging, there's companies that are still working out their processes. It's so new that it's only kind of come on the scene in the last two, three years. And the company we're working with, they just released a fully compostable coffee valve that we're going to be trying out uh, on our next order. So competing, especially in Vancouver and with all the big coffee roasters, that is our biggest challenge because their costs are a lot lower than ours. Mm-hmm. And getting into the markets and the retailers, everyone, of course, is concerned about their bottom line. That's why we've had more success reaching consumers more direct over social media and at our farmers markets uh, than on the shelf, because on the shelf, we are not in the lower tier, I should say, of pricing only because uh, of everything we're trying to accomplish. So that is the everyday battle that I'm doing. I'm always crunching numbers. I got spreadsheets about everything. Uh, so I'll always reanalyzing. <laughs> say again? Google Sheets? Yeah, Google Sheets, <laughs> Excel spreadsheets. I got <laughs> so many for everything. Like I'm always analyzing. Like for us to save 10 cents on something is a big big accomplishment because that will exponentially save us hundreds of dollars the Mm -hmm. more coffee we use and the more packaging so that is always what i'm kind of every day challenging myself to see what i can find to see where we can uh, improve on save costs but not save costs in the sense that we're cutting corners but to find better materials or uh, with that kind of approach in mind so that is our biggest challenge as a startup, especially as the costs. Yeah. And I, I don't know if, I don't know where I read this or someone told me about it, but it's like businesses don't become profitable until their second or third year or something along those lines. So, yes, that's quite accurate. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's definitely a, a hard road, right? And um, for regardless, I feel like whether it's coffee or, or whatever industry or kind of thing that your field that you're doing, it's, you're always kind of trying to see where can you save money and, you know, use mm-hmm. all the free trials, make a new email for another free trial, you know, and try to, as you said, not cut corners so that it ruins your end product, yeah. but, you know, save as much money as you can while still maintaining the quality and, and, and the product in general. And it's yeah, being creative is, I guess, a good terminology mm-hmm. to use. And that's kind of the part of being an entrepreneur I'm enjoying. There's the super scary side of it being laid off from my full-time job, taking on growing a company in the middle of a virus and not knowing if it's going to pay off or not or what the future actually holds. And so that is the yin and yang of being an entrepreneur, I guess. But uh, especially as a pilot, we're more type A individuals. Uh, We have (laughs) to be assertive, especially in our job. Yeah. Um, As an individual, I'm more of an introvert Okay. Kind of, we talked about a little bit in the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, but being an entrepreneur is kind of helping drive out my extrovert side, especially like I'm really enjoying doing farmers markets, for example, like meeting our clients, meeting the people who are drinking our coffee, and then getting their feedback a week or two later and saying, "I really love it. I want to buy another bag." And so that part of the uh, business and connecting with the community is something I'm really enjoying. And uh, yeah, as we grow, I hope to meet more and more Vancouver 
coffee lovers. Yeah. And community aspect is so important for, for any brand, no matter how big or how small of something mm-hmm. that I've always hammered down for people. If you can connect with your audience in one way or another, uh, whether it's in person or, or, or doing events, um, you know, obviously those first two options are a little bit more difficult right now, Yes, but, um, even like, yeah. And, and maybe COVID times doing some sort of live stream or, you know, mm-hmm. going on live on Instagram and just giving people a face to the brand or to the business or whatever, uh, I think in my eyes already puts you at a much higher advantage for those who have no idea, you know, who, who Yaro is, right? Some people, Mm -hmm. you know, might've seen your name a million times, but they still don't know who you are, right? No, exactly. It's really important for, you know, as best of your ability, um, not just for yourself in particular, but for anyone who's listening out there that, that either wants to start something or, 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 or has a personal brand or whatever, um, community building is, is super important. I feel like it drives a lot of um, authentic traffic, a lot of genuine customers, yes. builds customer loyalty, customer re- customer retention, all those you know KPIs that you want to hit, um, key performance indicators for those of you who don't know, um, all those things that you <laughs> want to be hitting. The nerdy part of the business. Yeah, yeah. right. Some, some, some uh, lingo, so to speak, some jargon. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, community is, is super important and it's obviously nice to hear as well on your end that the farmer's markets, albeit, you know, the weekend seems to hate us and always gives us the worst yes. weather possible. Um, when it comes to the rain here in Vancouver, if you're a Vancouverite, you definitely know everything about the rain. Um, <laughs> but you know, in the middle of July, late June, it's, uh, not as ideal, so to speak, especially when we can just start coming, uh, to go outside now. So exactly. And people are just itching to go out and explore and yeah. they're finally getting to the farmer's market. And you like step out the rain. door and it's <laughs> rain, yeah. but, uh, that's neither here nor there. It's good to hear nonetheless that that's happening. And I wish you the best of luck in that community aspect. And, um, you know, even and going also, on podcasts, Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Connecting with other entrepreneurs I was going to mention is also yeah. really beneficial. Like, uh, Meeting people at farmers markets has been uh, real beneficial to us because we're kind of making good friends that are helping us with tips and tricks mm-hmm. that we otherwise might not have known if we didn't kind of get out there and meet people. And yeah. so, yeah, I think doing both, connecting with local entrepreneurs as well as your customers seems to, at least for us, kind of get more of our name, more organic growth. Right now, we don't have the budget to do a lot of Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of waiting a little bit on that before we uh, push into that aspect of our marketing. But the organic growth, of course, has and always will be more important than just traffic. Yeah, word of mouth is a small business's oxygen. That's uh, a quote that I've seen multiple times. And networking as well as you kind of just summed up is super important. That's, um, you know, in my opinion, no connection is a bad connection, right? There, You never Mm -hmm. know. You might not be best of friends or, you know, stay in touch, but you, you know, I've had people message me years later, hey, I know you do this or hey, uh, I'm looking for someone for that. And it's always having that um, door open to some extent, um, Mm -hmm. speak metaphorically speaking, to let people know that, um, you know, we might not be texting each other good morning every day or good That's night, right. but uh, <laughs> at least you can know that if you're looking for X, Y, Z, or if you even just need, you know, advice in certain areas that, uh, that you're open to chat, right? I'm sure you're because the it, it adds guy. more, more, more to your toolbox. 
networks. Yes. So like, especially networking, then you have somebody, even if you weren't thinking about them or their business, if somebody mentioned something to you, you just have a light bulb that go on and say, aha, I know a coffee guy or mm-hmm. I know a social media influencer. And so I, we've had those couple of mo- moments where we've met an influencer and their significant other. I've known them in a previous life kind of deal. Yeah. So, yeah, you never know. It's a yeah, small world. It's very small. <laughs> You'd be surprised who knows who, exactly. how how they know each other, who works for who, I mean, who does six what. Six degrees of separation. Is yeah. No, no joke. Everyone's connected even less than that. And so, yeah, having a network, having your door open, as you said, is very important. Yeah, and be nice to everyone as well. Don't burn any bridges because no, you never no. know when it's going to come bite you in the ass. <laughs> Very quickly, yeah. So That's be nice to everyone. You know, you may not be, again, as I said, the best of friends, but, you know, keep mm-hmm. them in your life to some degree. Um, even a simple hello every now and then goes a long way to let people know that you're just checking up on them. So, mm-hmm. um that's that on, and I feel our little network spiel or little community aspect. And um, we're nearing the end of our episode. It's it's pretty easy. It's I've done you know over thirty of these, and it still amazes me how quickly time flies when I'm having a conversation with someone. Um, but as I come uh, to make it a little bit of a of a tradition here at the episodes near the end of it, I always ask my guests uh, this one specific question, and that is, um, if you could give your younger self uh, a piece of advice. Um, what would that piece of advice be and why? Oh, Take your listen, to your, listen to your parents. <laughs> um, I like that one. Of, I like that one. <laughs> a lot of what I learned, I guess now, well, my dad's my biggest role model because mm-hmm. he's been an entrepreneur his whole life and kind of the lessons he's tried to teach me in my 20s that went on deaf ears <laughs> I'm kind of really absorbing quite quickly now in my 30s. And so that's kind of the main thing that I would tell my younger self is to keep keep the door open to more. Uh, don't shut it down and kind of do your own thing, but kind of be versatile, be nimble. Uh, but that's the same advice I'm telling myself now. Like uh, I'm only 34. I still have lots of un- entrepreneurial years exactly ahead of me. And so right now I'm just a sponge. Uh, yeah, that's what I like. Absorbing information, pivoting. I mean, no one's seen COVID, but it's how we recover from it that's going to determine the successful companies and the not successful ones that have done it the way they've always done it and can't, don't want to change or can't change versus the ones that are just open to change constantly. Yeah. And that's kind of, uh, I think everyone, either, even if you're not in a an entrepreneur or don't want to have a business just in general, always keep your eyes open, never discourage criticism and kind of keep your, keep your doors open. Yeah. I like the, the notion that you said about being a sponge and um, you know, the saying, if you're the smartest person in the room, go to a different room. You're in the wrong room. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, for me in particular, that's always been something that uh, in my last couple of years, I think the last three years, I would say ever since I kind of started doing this, this kind of personal projects and kind of creative work, so to speak, it's always been a matter of learning from other people. Right. And, you know, if I see someone who's doing something that, um, that I maybe want to try out, whether it's video, photo, et cetera, if someone's doing something better, I want to learn from, from them, uh, not being afraid to reach out and, and to, to absorb that information. Right. And it's, it's always a point of, as you mentioned, again, of learning, 
uh, of thinking you, you're never necessarily the, you could be really good at something, but you're not sure. perfect, right? You're never the best. But also the fear of failure. A lot of mm. people get frozen just by fear of failing. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you look at back in history, like Mozart, he's had hundreds of compositions and he's only known for a handful of them. Yeah. And same with Shakespeare, so many stories and poems but he's only known for romeo and juliet that everyone's kind of yeah knows the most popular so the fear of failure is what stops a lot of people even going after their dreams not necessarily starting a business but just even even traveling a lot of people never leave their home city they don't see the world so uh that kind of aspect i would encourage more especially in the newer younger generation yeah for the new up and coming you know gen <laughs> z the zoomers is that's what i've heard people call them the zoomers. oh yes <laughs> i don't know if you've heard have you heard that term before not yet no, no oh, there you we're go running out of the alphabet i guess yeah <laughs> <laughs> who knows what's next yeah you're right but no that's a wonderful way to to kind of wrap up the episode there with saying obviously continue your learning uh, um, obviously surround yourself. I think I'll, one final thing that I'll add on is surround yourself with people that push you in the right direction, mm-hmm. uh, whether that's personally or professionally or both. Um, always surround yourself with good people that, uh, you know, make yourself a better person as well. So I'm a huge uh, believer in that. And it's good to hear that, that you think that likewise as well. And, um, yeah, uh, again, I just wanted to say thank you for, for coming on the podcast. Um, a huge shout out to obviously what you guys are doing, um, with the coffee kind of uh, industry, but also for the community out here in Vancouver and uh, and in the local cities and in the lower mainland. So I appreciate you for that. And, and I wish you the best of luck. Um, Yaro, if, uh, where can people find you? Where can people find your, your, your business? Uh, sure. Yeah. And, and I just want to say thank you to you and your podcast. That's uh, kind of also amazing that you are your business is trying to support and help other entrepreneurs. So on behalf of other entrepreneurs, I want to say thank you. And especially no for having us on the show. No uh, my pleasure. To find us uh, in vitocoffee.com. We have the same handle on all our social media, Facebook, Instagram. And uh, yeah, Instagram is where we keep everyone updated on our farmer's markets. Our website has all of our store locations. And of course, you can reach us at hello at invitocoffee.com if you want to have a coffee vendor for your business or your cafe or your retail space. We're always looking for new partnerships, especially those who have the sustainable uh, coffee or sustainable business. We do a lot of uh, refilleries. They're kind of where we started, a lot of boutiques. And so we're just looking to expand and find more like-minded businesses. I like that. So yeah, make sure to um, give them a follow everyone on Instagram. That once again is at Invito Coffee and Invito is spelled I-N-V-I-T-O and then coffee, coffee. Um, so make sure to to give them some BV love. I'll put uh, a description of their socials, a link of their socials in the description, sorry, um, in the in the podcast uh, description as well. So if you're, if you're listening on um, your phone or, or whatever and you just want to click, that's available for you as well. But once again, a huge thank you, Yaro, um, for, for coming on board, giving a, a, a chat with me and learning a little bit more about kind of uh, what you, you do. Thank you very much, yes. No worries. And uh, to our listeners, thank you again for your continuous support. Um, at the time of this recording, we've surpassed over 1K listens a while back, but now we're on the chase to 1,500. So we're, 
we're growing. And I appreciate each and every one of you who's taken the time to either share, listen, um, give me feedback as well. Um, yeah, you guys make this possible and, um, you know, wouldn't be here without uh, your support. So other than that, one other wonderful episode. Thank you again, everyone. Take care, be safe, stay healthy, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye.